You're listening to Pipes, Pours, and Pals. I'm your pal Justin. And I'm your pal Nate. How you doing, hey, buddy? Oh, fantastic, brother. How you doing? Man, I'm doing swell. We're just sitting here in my basement, smoking a pipe, drinking a drink, and hanging out with our friend Aaron McGee. That's right. How you doing today, Aaron? I'm good. How are y'all? Man, swell. <laughs> Can't really complain at all. No one listens. No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. How's things going in your neck of the woods? Uh, It's going pretty good. Going pretty good. Uh, Rain and more rain. (laughs) (laughs) Same. Same. We're uh, not drying out here in Indiana until, I think, Thursday. I just quit looking. It didn't rain today, but it rained yesterday, and it's supposed to rain again tomorrow. And Tuesday and Wednesday, and then dry Thursday. So, you're in which Carolina are you in? North, North Carolina, the good Carolina, yeah. <laughs> God's country, the real Carolina, the real Carolina. <laughs> are Are you a sports fan? Uh, I am not really. No, not really. Okay, is are you allowed to be from North Carolina? And not be a Tar Heels fan? Um, yeah, yeah. My <laughs> my wife is a. Uh, all for Duke. Oh, she's, she's a Duke fan. Carolina. Ooh, man, I yeah. just said fighting words. <laughs> man. Yeah, I, f- I forgot that Duke exists. Oh, that's horrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I- I'm a Tennessee fan, so. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. So we uh we got Aaron on here. Um, There is a, a new Instagram group. It is uh the IG Pipe Maker Club. And uh, Glenn Tensky reached out and wanted to get, um, for lack of a better term, the the people in pipe media involved in this to bring some exposure and some um, light to some pipe makers and artisans in the pipe community. And um, through talking to some of the guys on there, we I, I talked to Aaron a little bit, and uh, I loved the work that he did on the pipe. I also loved his STEM work. I'm I'm hearing good things from people about your about your stem blanks. Uh, well, well, uh, I'm I'm glad there's good words going around. Jonathan, um, I forget his last name, but at Prohibition Pipes, yeah. he uh, he he seems to think very highly of your stem work. So I'm digging it, man. When I saw that pipe you made, it looked fantastic. Well, you said I that was supposed to be. It. You said it was supposed to be yellow, right? Uh. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be yellow. And how did it come out green? um, Well, I guess what happened is the yellow pigment, it wasn't fully opaque. And so the black kind of bled into it a little bit and turned it a little green. Well, honestly, I think it's a happy accident because I think that color combo on that pipe is insane. I I absolutely love that, that stem in there. Yeah, it it worked out, and you know, honestly, that's for me. That's the hardest part is to to pick what what color to put in a pipe. You know, oh yeah, color stem. What got you? What got you into stem making? What got you into the blank making? I should say. Um. Well, I I make pens. I started making uh, ink pens and diamond painting pens probably about two years ago. Okay, and I've I've always wanted to make a pipe, you know, for myself and just to see if I could do it because, you know, to me, it's kind of a, a technical thing. And 
And so I ended up with a small metal lathe and the very first pipe that I tried to make on it, I broke the lathe. Oh man. And so, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, this was probably, probably two years ago. And, um, and you know, it took me forever to get this lathe fixed and get all the bugs worked out of it. And then, um, you know, as I continue to make pins, which I use a wood lathe for that. Um, and so as I continue to make pins, I still wanted to make a pipe. And so I ended up making my first pipe and I did a lot of research and reading on stem material. And so I found out that, you know, ebonite and uh, vulcanite, you know, that's the the top of the STEM world, I guess. Um, but the, you know, there's other things that you can use. And since I make pins and I already was making pin blanks, I found out I could use the same stuff to make STEM material. And so it just kind of come together all because it was something I wanted to try. And I just kind of have continued on with it. So what, um, it's not acrylic. What material is this? Um, it is a urethane resin. Urethane resin. Okay. Yes. And so you, you pour this and then it hardens or is it yes. like injected? Um, no, I pour it and it goes into a pressure chamber and then it sets up and then it okay. can be pulled out of the mold. Okay. So kind of like you would do with epoxy, like, uh, a, yes. like a resin. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Awesome. So how do you, I mean, don't, don't tell us any proprietary processes. I don't want to get into your, your shtick and, you know, ruin that for you, but what, uh, what does that process look like for you? Um, well, it's basically mixing the, the two sides of the resin. It's, I use a two part resin. Um, I mix those and then I choose what colors I want the stem material to be and basically mix the colors in there in the in the proportions that I want um, for the the, um, the pattern that I have in the stem. And, um, and then I let it set for a little bit to get to get the consistency that I want and then I pour it into the tube mold and put the lid on it, put it under pressure and let it sit. And it takes on that marbling look. Is there a process? Is there something you do to make it marbled like that, or is it just do it on oh, its own? Well, it because of thermal reaction, it does a little bit on its own. But there are different ways that you can uh, make the pattern different. Um, and once you've done it, I guess enough or played with it enough, you kind of know what you can do to change the end result. Hmm. Okay. So lots of uh trial and error and experimentation and stuff like that, I'm guessing. Yes. Okay. I have a friend that makes uh are you familiar with disc golf? Yeah, I use I used to play. So are you familiar with the minis that people use for markers? Uh yes. So Zing Mini Discs, um Craig that owns that is is a friend of mine and I've helped and he does um, plastic injection molding to make those mini discs, which is what they do for, for the full size discs. But 
get as I got onto pipes, I often wondered if that was something that was um, a feasible means to make some sort of stem. But then, as I got looking into the different types of plastics and stuff like that, it's not not ideal. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But that's really cool. When I when I learned that you made your own stems, I was like, oh, I want to talk to this guy. Right, I want to <laughs> I want to learn about this uh, making of the you know pouring the actual uh, plastic itself. So that's really cool. You mentioned that you got into this by making pens. Yeah. Tell us about that. Um, well, uh, let's see. I guess two years ago, my mother started a new hobby. Uh, she was about to retire. And she started a new hobby called diamond painting. And there is a custom pen that you can buy from a lot of people um to do this hobby with and my mother did not want to pay anyone to make one and because she knew that i turned i turned things on you know i turned like bowls and plates and things like that on the on the wood lathe and she asked me if i could make her one and so i made one and um and she was like, well, I, I think you might be able to sell these. Can you make some more? And I'll post them. And so I made them. She posted them online. And they sold. And so it just kind of went from there. Um, and I make ink pens for myself. Uh, well, very rarely now, um, you know, when I have time. And then also I make some ink pens to sell. Uh but I like turning things on the lathe, and then I like the kind of mechanical side of ink pens, you know, uh, and putting them together was just kind of cool for me. And then the diamond painting thing, it just kind of took off, and I actually ended up with a, a pretty large Facebook group for doing that. And so I still do that, uh, but I wanted to. I guess pipes, I decided I wanted to be able to make something for myself and, you know, for my state of mind and not work all the time on pens. Yeah, that's cool. I've never heard of diamond painting before, but I, I Googled it just now. Uh, it's pretty cool looking. It's, it kind of reminds me of, oh, my kids do these things where they make uh, like images and stuff out of these little beads. Yeah. Uh, perler beads kind of thing mm -hmm. is it some is it similar to that uh i guess the easiest way to describe it would be um paint by number but instead of using paint you're using little plastic acrylic beads okay so <laughs> gotcha yeah that's kind of similar to what my kids do with the with the perler beads they uh or of course, their stuff's not near as ornate as the stuff I saw just now. It's like little comic book characters and stuff like that. It's keychain size, but yeah, that's really neat. So the um, you make the pens for this, then you make ink pens. Um, yeah. You, how did you get into turning? Um, it was just something I wanted to try, uh, and I think I, I think I got my wood lathe probably about seven or eight years ago um i've been a i guess carpenter woodworker 
basically my whole life. Um, you know, I used to be a framing carpenter, built houses, I did remodeling and things like that. And so I've just kind of always been around woodworking. And so I always wanted to try turning. I got a lathe. Um, I actually ended up getting an antique uh, Delta 1460 wood lathe. And I like to tinker with mechanical things. And so I ended up taking the lathe all the way apart. And I replaced the bearings and basically fully rebuilt the lathe and put a three-phase motor on it with a VFD and speed control and all this fancy stuff so I could use it before I ever even actually made anything on it. You hot-rodded it, uh, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I guess that's that's my mentality. I just kind of I pick something up and I go all in with it. You know, I don't uh, kind of dabble with anything. I just kind of jump in head first. No, somebody in the pipe community jumping in head first and going all the way in. <laughs> no, nobody just dabbles in the pipe community. It seems like you buy your first tin yeah. of tobacco and then a month later you have 50. <laughs> I have, I haven't gotten that bad yet. <laughs> so I, did think, you... I think, I think I only got like 13 or maybe 14 jars. Okay. So, <laughs> so when did you start smoking a pipe? Did you, were you smoking a pipe like back when you were doing carpentry stuff and then you got into the woodwork or into the lathe and then decided I wanted to make a pipe or did you decide to start smoking a pipe because you wanted to try to make one? Um, I started smoking a pipe because I made a pipe to smoke. Okay. <laughs> if, if that makes any sense at all. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I've, I've smoked cigarettes and cigars and vaped and, you know, the, the whole type of lung destroying stuff you can do for, I can't even remember how many years now. And, um, but I've always been fascinated with pipes and I guess maybe just from the woodworking side, just the way they look and the different styles and shapes and the different finishes that you can get, end up with on a pipe. Um, and I, I love wood grain. And so I don't own a sandblaster, so I can't make a sandblaster pipe. I could do rustification on a pipe. Um, I've only done it on one pipe. But honestly, I just like the wood grain. Um, it takes longer and, you know, it's more tedious to do a smooth pipe, but I just much rather see the actual grain itself instead of a blasted pipe. It intrigued me. Um, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of vulcanite stems. Um, yeah. I have what Nate calls acid spit <laughs> <laughs> and I can turn a pipe, I can turn a stem yellow in about two days. So I'm not a big fan of vulcanite, um, which, you know, some people will have their little cures for that, but I tend to avoid vulcanite. So I go for other things that don't yellow as quickly. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my thing is, is even though I am new to smoking a pipe, um, if I want to do something as a hobby, 
I don't want a whole bunch of uh, cleaning and maintenance that I have to do all the time just to keep the pipe looking nice, if you know what I mean. 100%, yeah. That's why I hate Vulcanite. <laughs> I'd rather spend my time smoking than cleaning. Yeah. And I mean, the the material that I use, it can always be buffed out. You know, it won't oxidize anything like Vulcanite or Ebonite. Um, and I mean, it, it may take uh, tooth marks. And I mean, it's going to take on scratch with a lot of use, but it can always be buffed out. It's uh, hardness level. Is it similar to acrylic? Is it softer, harder? Um, it is softer than acrylic. Softer than acrylic. Okay. Yes. So if somebody's looking for something that is a happy medium, because that's the big thing is people, people will, you know, discount acrylic because it's hard and hurts your teeth, yada, yada, yada. So they choose yeah. vulcanite. And then other people say, well, I can chew right through vulcanite and I would, I turn it yellow and, you know, people like me. So they go for acrylic. So you you're you would say that your um, stuff is probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, probably somewhere in the middle without actually sitting down and looking at the you know the actual number of the hardness test on each material. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't tell you exactly where I was at, but you know, I'm it's definitely harder than uh vulcanite and softer than acrylic. And you sell these blanks? I do. Yes. Where's the best place for somebody to buy one of these blanks from you? Um, just on the Instagram page. Okay. For right now, um, you know, and periodically, I, I had been trying to do it once a week, but you know, life gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> um, but you know, I've, I've been trying for once a week where I release, you know, new blanks and a list of what I still have in stock. Gotcha. Are you molding these stems in shape, or are they just come as a rod? They just come as a rod. Okay. Can people custom request colors? Like if I told you I wanted like a Honolulu blue and a silver. Um, at the right now, I'm not doing custom colors. Okay. Um, I'm just kind of trying to uh, cover all the normal colors and here in the next couple of days i'm going to try to start incorporating a few strange things i guess there's not many people in the community doing what you're doing you're one of a select few people that are making that are that are pouring a unique stem material yeah at least that we've heard of yeah i mean yeah glenn glenn was very excited for me to to get you on here and get, let the world know about your material he he literally said he's like get him to talk about the material. He's like, I want people to know about his blank material and get this ball rolling on it. Cause that's something pipe makers could really, really benefit from. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is beautiful work. Yeah. Well, I do appreciate it. Where you mentioned that you got into pipes because you wanted to make a pipe and you got into smoking because you made a pipe to smoke. Yes. What, um, what was the catalyst for you? I mean, you said you always loved pipes. Was there was there an influence in your life? Was there somebody that you saw or somebody that you were related to? Some some sort of influence that pushed you that direction? Uh, no, it wasn't. It it was just I guess I was purely drawn to a pipe for the craftsmanship of the pipe, and I just have a strange 
mind like that, I guess. I've just, let's see, how long? Probably about 10 or 15 years. I've seen pipes in different locations, on um, different stores, um, different sales ads, uh, you know, now social media and things like that. And I've just been drawn to a pipe because to me it became, I guess, a, a rite of passage, um, you know, where I was not a good enough craftsman until I could create you know, a pipe that it may not be worth a lot of money because I don't have this, you know, big, huge name as a pipe maker, but it looks like it was done by somebody that's made pipes for, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, I, I was very so, impressed with your entry to the, to the, your first entry for the club. Well, I do, I do appreciate it. I even offered I, to buy it. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and you said not for sale. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's the funny thing is um, I have a lot of people offered to buy my pipes, but I've only sold um, three pipes. Really? Yes. Um, I have more pipes than I possibly could smoke. <laughs> How many have you made? Um, I think I've, I think I just broke 20 actually. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, I'm not, I am a new pipe maker. Um, and to be, you know, fully honest with you, I, I made my first pipe, uh, in, when in November of last year. Wow. I never would have guessed from the pictures of that pipe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's hope for me. <laughs> I, I'm a wood carver. So I, what everything you're saying about making wood products and, and carpentry and, and all that stuff, it, it resonates with me. Uh, I love uh, wood turning and um, all that stuff. So I, again, I, I'm floored that you've only made 20 pipes because that was, it seemed to be a, 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 a super killer pipe. Well, I do appreciate it. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I've always liked to make things and if I'm going to make something, I'm going to make something creative. Um, I'm going to make something nice. Uh, I think out of the, the 20 pipes I've made, most of them are based kind of on classical shapes, but none of them are an actual classical shape. You know, it, it's got something different about it just because I'm different. Do you do mostly like the, that, that's, I would call a freehand style. You had the plateau on the rim. You had the plateau. Um... Um, I do. I do a little of both. Now I do prefer um, as a woodworker and having a woodworking background, um, I myself I prefer a live edge or the plateau edge, um, just because I like wood. I like the wood grain, and I like what Mother Nature does with the wood. And so, 
you know, the plateau, it just kind of adds more, I guess, more character to it. A little more drama to the fight. Yeah, I I agree. I, I think of all the entries this month, you were the only one that had plateau. I'm looking through them right now just to see. You did, like you said, you did a freehand shape, and everybody else was very um, um, to the drawing, if you will. You know, the, yeah. the the goal was to take and do your own spin on it. Now, everybody did have their own spin on it. No, yeah. Everybody's supposed to do a spin on a tomato, right? Correct. That's yeah. what That was the, the shape this month. You know, like, uh, yeah. I'm looking through here. I'm looking, like, Glenn's was a saddle bit tomato. But he's got that, looks like a Cumberland saddle bit with that straight grain. It's gorgeous. Oliphant pipes. Has that cool rustication on the bottom. I really like that. Yeah. Um, I should I should be giving out the uh, Instagram handles. Glenn's is uh, at Glenn underscore Tinsky underscore pipes. Uh, and you can see all of these on our Instagram page uh, and also on the Instagram page of the club, which again is at IG underscore pipe maker underscore club, I believe. If you, if you just search IG pipe maker club, you'll find that. Um, but the Oliphant is cool. It's got some bird's eye on it. And I, I, I really, I dig that, um, the rustication on the bottom. It's, it's very unique. Yeah. Uh, the foster handmade, that joint stem that he did. That one. Yeah. The split stem. The split that stem. That one is freaking sweet, man. Yeah. I forget what that material it was like. Some sort of ebony. Um, oh Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is. I think that's what he said it was. He did a very good job on that sandblast. Yeah, sandblast, yeah. I like how it's real smooth right around the, the edge of the rim. And then it's sandblasted all the way out. And yep. then that, that two-part stem. That pipe's going to be at Chicago, man. I might I might have to try to beat you to it. It's it's a beautiful <laughs> little pipe, man. Uh, let's see here. Peak Pipes UK has the... Uh, um, I don't know what material that is, but it's a it's kind of like your material on your on your stem. It's a green and black, or maybe a yellow yeah. and black. I can't quite tell. Yeah, I think uh, I think his is Eldritch. Is Eldritch okay? I I think it is. Um, don't quote me on that, but I think it is. He's the so the one thing I noticed he's the only one that did a tamper. Yeah, yeah, a little matching tamper was cool. Yeah. Um, I love the uh, the that I'm sorry. At pipe or at Peak Pipes UK is at Peak Pipes UK is their Instagram. Uh, Foster Handmade, you just have to search for them. The Instagram handle isn't on here. Uh, at KM underscore Pipes, that stem work and the uh, the accent ring. I don't know what that material is in the accent ring ring is, but I like the contrasting between the uh, stem and the accent ring. And then, uh, of course, there's that Carolina Cumberland fella. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about that guy. <laughs> oh, I just love that plateau you did on that, man. So I'm guessing this the plateau on your block was a curved plateau? Yes. Okay. And you just want, you cut it so that you had a face on the, on on the, the shank bowl. and on the bowl. And, yes. That looks great. I never would have guessed that that was yellow to begin with. It just looked like it was purposefully green and green and black. <laughs> happy. You should have told anybody that, man, man, that's happy accidents. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> but you know, I'll I'll probably keep the color. Mad Pipes, sure. he's a at Mad Pipes, he's an Indiana guy here. He's got that uh his is just so straightforward and uh just classic looking. Yeah. I like that about it. I like uh, the grain that he's got showing there too. He's got it looks like a bird's eye on one side. Yep. Got some good grain going on there. Mm-hmm. And that stem is is very pretty. I don't know what the make of that stem is. And then at Pipes by Woo, I love that accent ring on that. Oh yeah. He did a great job. It's I mean that honestly is probably a little too short for me. Um because I like my pipes a little longer, but that's a beautiful little pipe. It is. Some great entries to this. I mean, it's not a contest you guys are doing. The thing I like about this, um, I, I'm not a big fan of um, Discord. Yeah. <laughs> Curmudgeonly old man. Get off my, your kids get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> not a huge fan of Discord, but I did want, we were asked uh, to be a part of this, and I, I, I love the idea of being a part of it, so... Um, it's, it has been fun learning discord and learning along with you guys and just seeing, um, each maker learning a little bit from each individual's, um, entries and techniques they were doing. And, uh, when foster handmade did that, uh, split stem, I noticed that several people, and I think you're maybe one of them that chimed in and asking about that technique and. Yeah. I just thought that was so cool that you guys have that f- platform there that you're able to bounce IDs off one another. Yeah. Uh, as, as a newer pipe maker, you know, it's, it's really helpful, uh, you know, to have somewhere that we can go and, and post, you know, we're working on this, you know, what do you think about this or what would you do about this? You know, and you know, it, it's just, a lot of knowledge there and it's easy to tap into. Yeah. Has there been any one thing that you have learned so far through that? Um, how to make a split stem. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it, project? It's going to happen. Oh yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely on the list. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I thought definitely it, on the list. I thought it was really interesting and I think, um, I'm not sure how many new pipe makers listen to this podcast, but I would encourage any pipe maker, no matter your level, to join this group because there have been questions pop up in there that, um, like people asking where to get certain types of wood or the best place to get briar, like certain kinds of briar, and people are chiming in and answering. I've I've seen people ask questions about uh, finishes and stuff, and to me, if I was a young pipe maker this would be just a well of, of opportunity and information, just being able to ask more experienced people and get just some input from different people. And everyone has been very nice. I've seen so far. Nobody has been in any way that I've noticed or seen um, mean or rude or anything, even amongst yeah. cri- criticism. Cause there was some criticism in there and I won't point out the situation. Yeah. No, you're right. There was some criticism in there, uh, but I think that it was given graciously and I think that it was taken graciously. Yeah. Um, and there was a whole conversation that was a very civil conversation What with what could have been a very <laughs> yeah. inflammatory conversation. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's not easy to take criticism about something you've poured hours of your time into. Right. It's yeah. just not human nature to be able to take criticism like that. So, and well, 
I guess to me, what's good about it being on Discord is that since it's by invite only, you know, it's not like you're um, you're putting somebody down in front of the whole world. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you can you can criticize, you can give constructive criticism, and nobody is seeing it except for just us, our small little group, right? That we have going on. And so I guess you can call it a, a safe space. Right. Yeah. We love safe spaces. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like you can weed out the trolls and, and that kind of thing. Like, you don't have a bunch of people and they're just talking crap. Yeah. And, yeah. Cause I think, I think Glenn had actually put rules up that, you know, if, if you do stuff like that, that, you know, you're going to be removed from the discord. Yeah. And one of the things I like about it is, um, the, ch- if I was a pipe maker, I like the idea of the challenge. It forces you to grow. And I think that it does. And I think that I know um, as a wood carver, if I carve the same piece over and over and over and over and over again, I just get bored with wood carving. And I love going and doing things that I'm challenged to learn a new technique or challenged to step outside of my comfort zone and carve something that. I'm not comfortable carving. Um, I don't know if you'd ever carved a tomato before, but all of a sudden your hands were tied and you had to carve a tomato. <laughs> yeah. Is is that did do you have that same have you experienced that? Um Well, I I do like the challenge myself. Um out of the pipes that I've made, I think I've only repeated shakes two different times and it was on the same pipe or the same, the same shape because I keep screwing it up. Okay. (laughs) And so, but you know, I, there's just so many different variations of each different pipe. And so I guess it is a challenge to try to make them all, I guess. Yeah. And that's one, I guess one thing that stuck out to me, I wasn't sure how it was going to go when I heard that you guys were, you guys voted on us on a shape. Um, I thought, okay, this is going to be interesting. Are these all going to look almost identical? Right. Yeah. Um, and surprisingly not a single entry. I mean, if I hadn't, I don't know that I would have even noticed that the theme was a tomato. I don't know that I would have noticed that. Had I just seen, I think there was nine entries that made it by the deadline. Yeah. I don't think that I would have necessarily noticed the common theme if I had just looked at the pipes and not known the game plan because they were that unique. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say too, that there are rules in the discord. So some people did get their pipes finished in time, but they didn't put like their Instagram tag on the picture, which was one of the requirements. Cause I was just looking through the discord and there's like, I think four or five other pipes that weren't posted on Instagram. And I think it's because they didn't put their tag and Glenn even went in there and was like, Hey, you got to put your Instagram tag on there. So we know like who to tag in Instagram yeah. or whatever. Hmm. But, um, so there were a couple other ones that did make it in time, but they just didn't like have the requirements, I guess. But, uh, they all, honestly, I was, I thought it was pretty cool just being, just being able to be in there and see these people come up with these different ideas and stuff. Um, 
like I said, I've already said it twice, but I just think this is, I think this is just the, the best place for anyone who carves a pipe to go hang out. I think it's awesome. Yeah. It's actually somewhat encouraged me to, um, try my hand at it. I don't know. I, I'm terrified just, at it, of the idea. But... Why, why, why are you terrified? <laughs> it's just a piece of wood. That's true. You're right. You're, you're absolutely right. <laughs> it's just, a, it's just a piece of wood. And, and if you don't try, then you don't know if you can succeed. That's, you're a hundred percent right. I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm more, uh, I guess, how do I word this? I'm terrified of the investment that it takes to make a pipe. Oh, um, no. And then realizing that I'm no good at it and I don't want to keep continue with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if, if you can drill the the chamber and drill the draft hole and then drill a mortise, everything else can be done with, you know, a carving knife or a sander or a file, a rasp. I mean, you don't need any power tools. And that will, if you fully carve a pipe from start to finish, that will show you if you love it enough to continue to do it. If, if you can get all the way through it and enjoy it the whole time without using really any power tools. That's great advice. I appreciate that advice. In light of that no, advice, but, Nate said he's going to start making pipes tomorrow instead of me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a but drill. You, it's, it's, just, it's just a piece of wood. And what I did, you know, the very first pipe that I, I made um, that I successfully made was made from cherry um, and then I made a one out of walnut right after that um, and you know that's that's a really cheap way to get to get into it or to test the waters is just get a block of hardwood I mean it, it's got to be hardwood um, and just make a pipe out of it you know, there's a lot of research that goes into it on, you know, the holes that you need to drill and, you know, how things should taper and stuff like that. But if you can read all this and understand it and then apply it to this, you know, just random block of wood and end up with something that looks like a pipe um, and you enjoyed yourself, then, you know, take it a step further, do another just random piece of wood and if you still enjoyed it then get you a block of briar and actually make you you know a smokable pipe so i actually didn't tell you this but i just sent you two pictures of the first pipe i made <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh it is very crude it is made out of oak and uh i modeled it after a missouri meerschaum I made it with just a drill press is all I did with this. Hey, there, there's nothing wrong with that. That for a first try that that's pretty good. It smokes. It smokes. Okay. It tastes like barbecue well, though. Cause it tastes like burnt Oak. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, just like any other pipe. You're not supposed to burn the crap yeah. out of the inside of it. I feel like I'm cooking brisket when I smoke this pipe. <laughs> that's, that's one of those ones that you need to just, uh, say i did it it looks cool let's set it on a shelf and make another one yeah it's been sitting on the shelf 
Um, and I, I used, um, Elmer's non-toxic glue, just like Missouri Meerschaum uses. Um, and I actually sank the, uh, I drilled the bottom of the bowl level with the draft hole. So the draft hole actually comes in level with the bowl instead of above the bowl, like some Mm -hmm. cobs and stuff do. It actually smokes. Okay. I think once I get, get it broken, it'll smoke just fine, but. It is not anywhere near as pretty as the, some of the stuff you guys have made. But. Well, yeah, everybody's got to start somewhere. That's true. <laughs> yep. So yeah, you should uh, you should see my first one. <laughs> did you? Did you? You said you jumped into cherry first, right? Um. Yes, I I did, and that was my first successful pipe. I made one before that. Uh, that was uh, Manzana Burl, but it was it had so many issues that I mean it looked like a pipe, but you couldn't really smoke out of it. So <laughs> it, it was pretty kindling. <laughs> yeah, well, I still have it. <laughs> I won't, I won't throw it away. I still have it. I had my very first wood carving. It was the squarest, ugliest little snowman. No, actually, take that back. That was my second carving. My first carving was the ugliest looking silhouette of a dove. And I still have that too. And it, it looks like a bird. It looks like a really, really crude bird. Like somebody chiseled it with their teeth. Like you'd take a block of wood and chewed on it until you had the shape of a dove. <laughs> yeah. Well, you put the effort in though. <laughs> I think that was it's the longest the carving I've ever done too. It, it was probably an inch and a half by an inch and a half. And it took me days to do it. And now I can whip out a full figure that's 10 inches tall with, you know, facial expression and arms movement and all that stuff in a couple hours. But but you made it through the longest car of your life, (laughs) enjoyed it, and continued. I really appreciate you joining us and, um, oh, yeah. You know, telling us about your, what what, what got you into this. And, um, you know, you gave some really great advice to me as far as getting started. What is, um, do you have any other advice that you would give to maybe a carver that has already started, but maybe they just can't quite figure something out or you got anything else you would give? I mean, really just find somebody that's willing to to answer questions. And there, there's a few, a few pipe makers out there that will answer questions. Um, but. You know, if they can find the Discord and get on there, you know that that will answer their questions. If they're if they're stuck on one thing, um, but if they want to if they want to figure it out on their own, which there's plenty of people like that, just keep at it. I mean, because again, it, if you're using just scrap wood and you keep making and keep making and keep making, and you end up with with a, a really really nice pipe out of scrap wood then go to the briar and so you're not wasting a whole lot of time and a whole lot of money um, on briar and you're constantly messing up briar that's good advice uh that club as you mentioned on insta or on uh discord is igpmc so i don't know anything about discord but i'm guessing if you search ig m or igpmc I- you should be able to find that, right? 
I would think so. Um, you probably know about as much uh, <laughs> as much about Discord as I do. So follow them on Instagram, and you can always <laughs> message them or Glenn Tensky, and he can let you in if you need to figure out how to get in there. So yes, that'd be Glenn, my my vi- my advice. Yeah, Glenn can point you in the right direction, and he's a he's a heck of a pipe maker himself. So I, I just think it's awesome that um, there are some guys that are making top-notch pipes and that have been making pipes for quite some time that they're willing to take their time and give advice through a platform like that. It is a great thing. So, Hey Aaron, I really appreciate you joining us. I would love to have you get on again, on again sometime. So uh, keep in touch, man. Have a lovely, lovely evening. All right. You too, Aaron. It was nice meeting you, bud. Nice meeting y'all. Thanks so much to uh, Aaron Carolina Cumberland uh, from that's Aaron McGee of Carolina Cumberland for uh, talking with us and uh, giving us a look into that what his process is and all that stuff. It was great to get the chance to talk to him. Yeah, beautiful pipe. Yeah, and if you're a pipe maker and you need some stems, you want to try something different, different material, hit him up on Instagram. He he uh, he sells those blanks. Yeah. Well, on to the thing that we promised listeners last week. Yeah. Yeah, we got The Beast, Cornell and Deal, small batch. The Beast. The Beast. What are you thinking about this thing so far, man? Um, Just right off the bat, not a fan. No? No. I am, really? I'm really not enjoying this very much, to be honest with you. Re- what is it? What is it about it? it? It just, like, you know how when you said that you, you on the nose of the can, you smelled it, and it kind of smelled like a cow patty, like uh-huh. um, kind of like manure? I think that's what it tastes like. Like when I when I light it up and I smoke it, I it, it's very reminiscent of of a uh, of a cow pie. Like it tastes to me the way a cow pie smells. <laughs> like, ready to ask, have you tasted many cow pies? No, um, but yeah, I was distraught that I didn't buy any of this because you were saying how much you liked it. I love it. I'm glad I didn't buy any. I am not a fan. the The room note and the retrohale is incredible. It's incredible. No, man. I, I I just wholeheartedly disagree with you. <laughs> what are you smoking it out of? Well, because this month, uh, March was the, the month that they, for the first time for the Pipe Club, Pipe Makers Club, they chose a tomato shape, so I decided to smoke my first tomato shape that I ever got, um, and it's one of uh, Tim Beaumont's pipes, and it's a little, I've, I've smoked on here several times, but it's a rusticated uh, little kind of squat tomato with a bamboo shank and a nice little stem action smokes like a dream unless you're smoking the beast out of it oh my i can't believe you don't like this dude it still smokes really well it just doesn't taste real good the retrohalin is fantastic i'm about i'm almost all the way through this bowl and uh i'm smoking it out of a little old dominion clay yeah it's it's Bernie, dude. That like doing the retrohale is intense at times. I love it. I wish this was a regular thing. I don't. I got eight tens of it. I'll make a stretch. Yeah. If I if I had some, I'd trade it to you. <laughs> so you wouldn't buy this? No, I would not buy this. I think this is still available too. Yeah, probably good reason. 
<laughs> no, it's not the worst thing I've ever smoked. I just, I really don't enjoy it. So you're telling me that there's a Perique blend, and of the two of us, one of us likes it, and one dislikes it, and the person that dislikes it is you? That's apparently the situation, yeah. Did we, like, switch palettes or something? I don't know, man. I don't know. I just think this is a... I'm a preak, dude. I'm telling you. I'm a preak, man. Ten episodes, I wasn't a preak person. Ten episodes ago. Yeah. I was not a preak fan. Yeah. And then you did something. You convinced me to smoke something that was a vapor. I, I really, really, really like vapors. It's probably my favorite kind of tobacco, a Virginia preak. I absolutely love it. But this is... Uh... It's just a little too much, I think. I don't know. I actually bloated up a different bowl to smoke because I was not enjoying this, but I wanted to smoke. Well, what are you smoking out of the other bowl? Well, out of the other bowl, um, there's. it's actually my the, the other tomato that I own. I wanted to keep the tom- tom- tomato theme going. The tomato. The tomato theme. Um, it's an AB brown pipe. I got this at Mule Town, and I actually messaged him on Instagram because... I love this pipe, but he forgot to put his maker's mark on it. Oh. And I messaged him, and he was like, I, he was like, I know where the maker's mark is. It's on this the diamond on the bottom. And I took a picture, and I was like, no, it's not. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I forgot to put it on there. <laughs> but uh, he was like, I definitely made that pipe. And I was like, I know, because I, 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 I think he posted this pipe in November of last year on his Instagram. And before we went to Mule Town, I was looking through some of his pipes, and I saw this on there, and I almost messaged him to see if it was available because I freaking loved it. It is a, it is such a cool pipe. It's like he rusticated. He made like these spirals with uh, like a, a smooth finish. They're almost like tentacles. Yeah, and then like rusticated in between it mm-hmm. with this dark stained rustication, and then it's got the smooth on top. It's got a nice dark bamboo um, shank. Ch- chunky bamboo. Yeah, and it's... Oh, it's I love this pipe. I just think it's gorgeous. And everyone I show this to, they're like, oh my God, that's a beautiful pipe. So yeah. Um, but A.B. Brown on Instagram. Um he it it smokes really, really well too. That's I've had a couple of bowls out of it and I really enjoy it. It's a little heavy. It's I mean, a lot of tomatoes are kind of heavy anyway. They're pretty chunky pipes. There's a lot of meat in the bone there. Yeah. So but a it's lot not of briar left. It's not uncomfortable by any means. What are you smoking out of it? Um, well, it's actually a blend that we tried a while back. Um, and if I remember correctly, I believe your wife tried this in my absence and you gave me some of the remnants of the jar that Mike had sent us and I smoked it and then I bought some more, but it's a Mac Baron's, uh, symphony. You can buy it in bulk and, uh, it is incredible. Really? It is one of my new favorite blends. Um, because I rated it pretty low. You did this rate it lowly. Kaja rated it at pretty low. Yeah. I'm, I mean, you guys can smoke your beast, and I'll smoke <laughs> this symphony. Uh, the symphony is like a, a burly blend. Um, it's got Virginias in there, so you get a lot of that Virginia sweetness, like the the grassy kind of citrusy sweetness. But then there is a like a cocoa topping on it, too. And um, I believe there's a little black Cavendish in there, but it's it's just got a nice, sweet, burly, cocoa-y 
flavor to it. Um, I have been smoking it on my way to work most days this week, and it is truly, truly delicious. So I'm going back to the beast because we didn't do our normal talk about this blend. We basically just got that you find it abhorrent and I like it. And that was basically all the listeners got. Yeah, that's true. So let's talk about this a little bit. Okay. I'm going to read the tin note or the tin on the back of it. It says, uh, Cornell and Deal's small batch blends are handcrafted in small quantities by our expert blenders right here in South Carolina. Legend has it that Alistair Crawley, famed adept of the Order of the Golden Dawn and founder of the Ordo Templi Orientis, is purported to have made a habit of smoking rum-soaked perique as a meditative, meditative aid. To date, many a dabbler has pursued his own manifestation of this concoction out of sheer curiosity. We have too. In the spirit of the nefarious occult, in the spirit of the nefarious occultist himself, we sought to tame the beast within our own rendering of this recipe, soaked for seven days in spiced rum, so we might share our vision of it with the most inquisitive and brave of pipe smokers. Components are fifty-one percent, purportedly fifty-one percent St. James Perique, Red Virginia Cavendish. Black Cavendish and Dark Fired Kentucky. Wow. Yes. So 51% Preak, and then they put some Dark Fired Kentucky in there too. And some Cavendishes. Some Red Cavendish, Red Virginia Cavendish, and some Black Cavendish. So all you're getting is cow pie. Yeah. That's it. It was overwhelmingly cow pie. And it's kind of a weird um, cut. It's it's like, I mean, it's fifty one percent preek, and preek is granulated, so it's definitely got that preek cut. So one of the problems I was having is it keeps clogging up my my uh, chamber, your air hole. Yeah. So maybe I'm doing something wrong. I ain't had that problem. I do get cow pie. I get barn. I get like, um, like a musty hay. I know that sounds disgusting. Yeah. No, I get those too. But it is very uh, reminiscent and sentimental for me of. Oh yeah. My first job on the dairy farm. Yeah. I talked about that a little bit last week. Shoveled their, their poop right. Uh, I did a little bit of that, but I did I did far more than that there. There's like um. Um, a fermented silage smell. That means nothing to you, I'm sure. True. So silage is instead of you know how you you live in Indiana, you're used to seeing corn cut, right? Yeah. What color is the corn plant when it's cut here in Indiana? Brown. Brown. Yeah. Tan. Yeah. Yellowish color. Yeah. Like a yellow. Silage is typically cut while it's green. They harvest the entire entirety of the plant, not just the corn cob, not just the ear of corn. They harvest the entire plant and it chops it up like a mulcher and then they feed that entire thing to their to their livestock. Oh, so it is corn though? It's, it, can, it generally is corn, but it can be 
soybeans. It can be any any kind of thing. Silage is just the way it's cut. It's the it's the yeah. It's the type of feed it is. So they what they do is they'll usually go through. Sometimes they just chop kind of like a mower. They don't cut all the way into the dirt. They like cut half of it off and then let the rest of it grow back up and they cut it again. Okay. Um, some people do it that way. Some cut it off at the ground and they just take the whole yield. Um, but silage, because it's wet and it has lots of sugars and stuff, it'll begin to ferment while it's in a pile. And so it has like a, like a malty fermented beer kind of smell to it. Alcoholic smell. Um, but it's like, it's a grain and it's a plant and it's fermented. So you're getting lots of notes there. And this kind of reminds me of like everything about this reminds me of the dairy farm. Like you get a little bit of cow pie smell. You get a little bit of like the maltiness from the grains and stuff. You get a little bit of a alcoholy note, malty note like you would get from silage. But there's also a sweetness that comes through. You didn't get the sweetness and the fruitiness that came through on the nose? No. Not at all? No, and and honestly, to my fault, it, it's probably I was so I was probably just so off put by the original taste that I kind of just wrote it off. Um, and which isn't fair. I should have tried a little harder. I mean, if you don't like, it's hard. I, I'm I'm I get you. Like, if you don't like the the nose from the tin and you don't like the draw from it, it's kind of hard to give it a fair shake if it, it's like that abhorrent to you. Yeah, I happen to like the tin note. I can see why it's off-putting to some people. But I don't know. Yeah. I think it was fair to have a little bit more in-depth discussion about it, though. That's why I just wanted to dig back into it a little bit. I agree. You love it, and that's totally fine. I'm going to smoke it every week so you get to smell it. and It won't bother me one bit. <laughs> as long as I can smoke something else. Nope. This is the new blend for our <laughs> podcast. This is the official podcast blend now, The Beast. Smoking it every week. Sorry, Nate. It's been it's been fun, bud. <laughs> so you would give up pipe smoking if this is the only blend you had? No, I would give this podcast. <laughs> if this is the only blend that existed, I'd learn to like it. <laughs> That's for sure. I love pipe smoking too much. I'd let it dry out and maybe I don't know, throw some add some grass clippings or something. Yeah. Let it soak in some I dig it. I don't know. What are you drinking? Well, we had discussed this last week, so you and I are drinking a really delicious brew um, from Goose Island Beer Company. It's called Hazy Beer Hug. It's a hazy IPA. Um, it's 6.8% alcohol per volume. Um, weak. Yeah, 6.8 is a little on the weak side when it comes to... Uh, you know what I noticed? Kids. We said, what are we going to drink along with the beast? We got to drink something beastly. And then we picked the fruitiest beer we could possibly have in my entire got beer stash. bear on it. <laughs> Bears are beastly. It's a bear with sunglasses on holding a sign. <laughs> yeah. I just, I laughed because we were like, we literally said, we got to drink something really beastly to go with the beast. And then we picked something with a fuzzy bear on it that tastes like grapefruit. <laughs> but it's delicious. It is delicious. It is much, much better than the, the tobacco. <laughs> well, it is Goose Island Hazy Beer Hug. It's got a cute little bear with sunglasses on it. Mm -hmm. It's made in Chicago, Illinois. 
You think this? Uh, uh, go. You think this bear says "duh bears"? You know, I think he does. Bright sunshiny haze. I don't. I'm not a huge IPA fan. Yeah. Maybe like vapors, you're turning me into one. Yeah. Maybe. I do enjoy a good hazy IPA. Yeah. Which is what you told me to do. Yeah. Yeah. They're not as bitter. A lot of times uh, the hazy or the New England style IPAs, they're juicier, they're more smooth, they don't, they're not as bitter. Um, easier to drink, usually a less alcohol content. Um, I do enjoy them, but I do like the West Coast style IPA where it has that nice bitter bite on the end. It tastes like flannel. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Like pine cones and flannel. Yeah, something like that. Like but, you're like you're carrying a chainsaw over your shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds about right. This is more like you're wearing a a Hawaiian button up shirt with a lei. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With some aviators. Yeah. Just of, like the bear. Of course sandals. Because mm. some like Birkenstocks. Yeah, with socks. Yeah. I said Birkenstock, so those those are the sandals, right? Yeah. People wear socks with them. Yeah, that's lame. Don't do that. Do you have a pair? I do not have a pair are of Birkenstocks. You sure? I don't have a pair of Birkenstocks. You seem like the type that would have a pair of those. I don't know why you would say that. <laughs> I'm not vegan. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but you got some gluten-free Oreos over there. You bought those. <laughs> My wife has celiacs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Goes right along with your hat that the mics are always talking about. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh, man. Anything about Texans making fun of Nate's hat. It's it's just great. Yeah. I'm just jealous because I can't find one that fits my head. I told you where to get that one. I know. They're expensive. Yeah, they're not cheap. They're stupid expensive. That's more than I've paid for all of my hats combined, probably. That hat cost me like forty five dollars. What are you talking about? Yeah. You, you, if you buy just like a a sports cap, like a like a, a Cincinnati Reds hat, it's going to cost you twenty five bucks. Mm, maybe. I get most of my stuff on the black market, man. I don't, I don't pay for the new era garbage mm. well, I guess you only get them at yard sales with lice and everything <laughs> <laughs> that's right yeah oh man this is off the rails yeah so uh, what have you been smoking this week I know you've been we've been talking about a lot of different blends mm-hmm. with the mics honestly I've been smoking symphony more than anything else um, symphony I carry a bag with me to work and I usually have one or two tobaccos in there and then, you know, three pipes or so. Is it a satchel? No. No. A Merce? <laughs> no, it's just, it's a, <laughs> you know, it's like a bug out bag, like a, a military style oh. sling bag. Okay. But, uh, so I've had symphony in it and then I usually will do, I usually try to carry a, Burley slash aromatic 
an English, and then a Vapor. And that way I can choose what I want on my way. So I've been keeping, I have a few slices of the uh, fourth generation Evening Flake. Nice. And the Symphony and uh, Curmudgeon on the Can. Nice. Which we had a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, you're you're digging that, huh? I'm obsessed with it, dude. Don't get too obsessed because you can't get it. I know it's so sad. You bought what two tens of it? Yeah, I'm gonna go through that quickly. I am. I have been smoking almost exclusively Virginias lately. Yeah, we've been the exception of nine. I had some nine six five this morning. Hmm. Um. Virginias and Virginia Periques. I've smoked um several bowls of Dunbar this week. Oh, the Esoterica? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm digging it. It's really good. Yeah, when we had it here, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, and I don't think I rated it very very high, did I? You have an eight. You rated okay. it higher than I did. Actually, I did, yeah. I think that's about the time that I really started getting into vapors. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I've really enjoyed that this week. And then uh, what else have I had? Oh... I had some Stokeby Luxury Bullseye Flake. Mm. Love. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. I picked some up. I, I swung by um, Carmax Cigar Shop in... Um, Noblesville. Noblesville, yeah. And had... I just... You know, anytime I'm at brick and mortar, I always have to buy something. Yeah. So... They had that in bulk, and I picked up two ounces of that, and I've probably gone through about half of it so far. It's pretty good. I think I bought four ounces of it a long time ago. Well, most people know this, but one of my favorite tobaccos of all time, really close to being my number one, is Davidoff Flake Medallions. Okay. And... At one point in time, somebody told me that the Peter Stokeby Luxury Bullseye Flake, they ba- said it's basically the same thing. They okay. said it's even made in the same factory, which I don't know if that's true. Because we don't know anything. Because I don't know anything, but that's what this person told me. So I bought it, and I will say it's very similar. And in all honesty, it does not taste the same to me. I still think Davidoff Flake Medallions are a little better, but it's really, really good. So after I bought like four ounces, I put that in a jar and that's like my smoking jar. And then I bought some more and just put it back, let it age for a bit. Nice. Yeah. This was fresh. This was right off of the tap. Yeah. Uh, He said that they had just put that, refilled that jar. So whatever I got was not very old and it was still, you could tell it was pretty young. Yeah. But it was pretty good. That um, Steve from Southern Roots Pipes. Yeah. When I got my cob from him, he mm-hmm. threw in a bag of some uh, pretty decently aged Bullseye Flake, too. Nice. Yeah. Just, he was like, here's some Bullseye Flake. And I was like, heck yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Love some Bullseye Flake. Yeah. He threw in a little Bullseye Flake, a little Twist Flake. Nice. He's a nice guy, man. Swell guy. Yeah. I have been smoking pretty much exclusively Virginia's Virginia Breaks this week. Yeah. Yeah, I think 965 was the first English I had. I don't think I had any aromatics. I had on the way, I, I, I mentioned this in our group with the mics, 
but I had one of those like Nirvana smokes on the way to work the other day. Ooh, love a good Nirvana smoke. I don't, and I don't know what makes it happen. I was literally like, I had a good night's sleep. I woke up. I wasn't running late for work, which is unusual. <laughs> um, I got in the car. I had enough time in the morning. I made myself a cup of coffee. I had had a little bite to eat. So I was taking a cup of coffee with me on the road. And shout out to this because we're going to talk about this later. But somebody um, that we met at Mealtown sent us a bunch of coffee mm. for us to try. He's a, his name's Tyler. And he uh, roast coffee in North Carolina, I believe it is. But he sent us some to try, and so I'm going to bring it over here for us to try some. But I have uh, opened it and tried some already. Nice. And they're pretty tasty. I've never had any, like, super fancy coffee. Bougie coffees. Yeah. And this stuff is pretty mind-blowing. Is it? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that might have helped. But I had a delicious cup of coffee on the way to work. I lit up some Symphony. And I was just listening to a podcast, driving to work smoking and drinking this coffee and there was just something about like I would take it you know how when we eat the chocolate we let the chocolate coat our tongues and then we take the whiskey and it kind of changes the flavors a bit Mm -hmm. when I drank the coffee I would swish it around my mouth a little bit and swallow it and try to get a good coating and then I would take a, a puff on the pipe and it was like it was making it bring out Different, not different flavors, but ex- like really accentuating certain flavors. Mm. Like I was getting the Virginias very heavily out of the symphony. And it was like they were sweet and delicious and the cocoa was coming through and it was the perfect matchup and it was a beautiful morning. It was just, I- I'm telling you, by the time I got to work, I was on cloud nine. I was feeling so good. Nice. Yeah, it was a great day. And uh, so you said it was symphony that you were smoking. Yeah. Or were you smoking it out of? I was smoking it out of a, I got this Molina, like an unfinished Molina a while back. Okay. So um, it's sandblasted, but there's no finish on it. So, you know, the oils from your hand will t- like change the color over time. Yeah. Um, And that one, that specific pipe I had used mainly just to smoke Burleys out of. And I was running out of, Leaving in the morning, and I saw that pipe, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna grab this and smoke some Symphony, and so that's what I did. And it's a good, it's a good smoking pipe. It's a little saddle bit, uh, like brandy shaped bowl. You should uh, try to replicate this Nirvana smoke and see if it's just the combination, or if it was just like a miraculous thing that happened. I think I might. Yeah, I'll have to do that on Monday. Yeah, I mean, if you send us samples, that means the coffee is orderable. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. So yeah. you should be able to order that coffee again if you need to. Yeah. I'm going to bring some over and we'll talk about it more in depth on another episode. Absolutely. Everybody deserves Nirvana. Oh, yeah. At least on a reg- on a, on a somewhat regular basis, right? I feel like it's so special. I feel like if I can get it once a month, I don't think I get it that often. I don't think I get Nirvana smokes that often. At all. But if I could get it once a month, that'd be good enough for me. I I can honestly say, I can only, ever, I've only ever had two smokes that I would... That were so Nirvana that I can remember them. I, yeah, I think I've had like maybe three. I can remember where I was when I smoked them, what I was smoking them out of, <laughs> like what the blend was, what like what I was looking at, where what I was doing, everything. It's been two smokes in my time smoking, but you know that's a like that, that's a memorable smoke because you can remember everything about it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. 
there. One time was with Lane One Q. Oh my gosh! I'm telling you. One time was with Lane One Q, and I was fishing. Nope, I have I have three, I have three three Nirvana smokes. Lane One Q, bank fishing in the river. And I don't know what it was. I don't even like Lane One Q anymore. At the time, I didn't even love Lane One Q. I just I just have a bunch of it. I have I probably have two pounds of Lane One Q. Um, but I just had it in a cob, one Q fishing. It was in that cob with the forever stem that you gave me. Oh yeah. 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 I've tainted that pipe with lane one Q. Wonderful. And, uh, I don't know. It was just a Zen smoke. It was so memorable. I think I, I know your other two. I can even remember the underwear I was wearing that day. It's super odd. No, I can't. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, wow. Uh, Another smoke. Can I guess? You know one of them. I'm not going to guess that one. Okay. What's the other one? Was the other one that Red Virginia you got? It is. On a kayak? Yes. All right. Uh, I was on my kayak on Shadyside Lake in Anderson. I can remember the stump I was crappie fishing by. And I got a memory like an elephant, bud. Yeah. And I could just, I, I'm crappie fishing. I'm not catching anything, but I was having the time of my life. Mm -hmm. Uh, Val Shanahan sent me that sample of Sutliff uh, 505 RC-1, whatever that. Yeah, we dubbed it R2-D2. R2-D2, yeah, that ridiculous way they name their blends sometimes. Um, Anyway, but yeah, he sent me a sample of that with a pipe I had bought. And it was just in a cob. It was a Rob Roy shaped cob. Mm-hmm. Sitting there in the sun, enjoying life, Zen smoking some straight red Virginia. It was wonderful. And then the last Zen smoke I remember was Escudo. Yeah. Sitting here at this desk, but this desk was behind me. Mm-hmm. And I was staring at the wall, doing nothing, not listening to music, not doing anything. And I just had the absolute best one of the best smokes i've ever had in my life what were you smoking out of that one was out of my um this guy right here my bing's my bing's favorite oh if you're gonna say another cob i was about to say maybe you should just smoke cobs from now on <laughs> two out of three of them. No, it was it's bing's favorite nice and uh yeah so i mean in what over two years three Zen smokes that I can remember all the details about. Yeah. I don't know, man. Got to try to replicate those sometimes. Yeah. Got to put yourself in that exact same situation. You got to be on time for work. (laughs) You got to be listening to your own sultry voice on the radio. (laughs) I don't think I can be on time to work once a month. That's the hard part. (laughs) The, The question, you were listening to a podcast. Were you listening to us? You know I was. <laughs> it was Thursday. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was. That's how we get all our downloads. <laughs> Nate's just like, man, I sound good. <laughs> no, I just like to appreciate how well you edit. That's what it is. I have to listen to it so I can hear your editing. I listen to our podcast every Thursday when it airs, just because I want to know if there's anything that slipped through my editing that maybe I didn't hear through a car, st- you know, because I don't edit through a car stereo. Yeah. So I want to hear what it sounds like through car stereo. Yeah. And sometimes I say things and I'm like, man, I hope he edits that out. So then I have to listen. <laughs> <laughs> to listen and be like, oh, thank God. 
Or sometimes like, God, why did you not edit that out, Justin? <laughs> really? Are there sometimes I do that? No, I don't think that's ever happened. Mm. Well, we are well past our normal time limit. It's been a good night. Yeah. I, it, you know, honestly, it was really nice chatting with uh, Aaron. Yeah. And uh, I've never met anyone that makes stems like that. So I think that's very cool. It's awesome. Um, and I would say to any aspiring or current hobbyist pipe makers or artisan pipe makers, um, join that club. Get a hold of uh, Glenn Tinsky on Instagram. It's IG underscore pipe. Pipe maker. Maker. Score. Club. Underscore club. Yep. So look them up. Get a hold of them. Be a part of that group. Um, they're all super cool guys. And uh, yeah, happy pipe making, everybody. Yeah. Let us know uh, what you... I th- would love for you guys to go look at our Instagram. Um, we posted the pictures of the ones that were entered in the in the final... Um, it's not really a contest, but the the pipes, they all submitted their pipes that they completed for the, for the challenge. So um, definitely go look at those pipes and uh, give those makers a like. They would, uh, I'm sure they would love to, uh, um, they'd love for you to look at them, get your feedback on them, um, and follow them. Give them a follow on Instagram. Um, it's a kind of a, it's a small world, but it's kind of a big world for pipe makers. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, artisan makers out there. I stumble across new ones, multiple new ones every day. Yeah. And if you want to be a part of the group and you don't want to do the monthly challenge, you don't have to. It's just something that Lynn throws up as a way for everybody to kind of get together and, and make one shape. It's a challenge for everybody, but you don't have to do it every month. You don't have to ever do it. Yeah. So, all right. You got anything else? No, man. I think we had a, I had a, a great time. A wonderful evening. Thanks for the beer. All right, man. We got to finish these beers. I'm going to go up and eat some more beef and noodles. Mm. <laughs> Those were good beef and noodles. All right, everybody have a great night. See you guys.